0: Hi,
1: welcome back... Oh. Are you doing <laughs> it or am I am <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> You're the one who wants to keep us I know, on schedule. I know, this I know, is I know. all you. I'm sorry. All right. <laughs> As- uh, welcome back to Diane and Langdon, a podcast where we analyze uh, various media, uh, starting with Full Metal Alchemist, the 2003 anime. Uh, my name is Diane, and I am an archaeologist in D.C.
0: My name is Langdon, and I am a comedian in D.C.
1: Uh, so... We're doing episode five today. Uh, Episode five of Full Metal Alchemist. Mm -hmm. The man with the mechanical arm. But before we really get into the plot, we wanted to clarify two things. Because I feel like we've been talking about them a lot. And I don't think that we've really spent any time uh, elucidating what we mean when we talk about them. Yeah. So the first thing that we talked about a bunch, because the show is not good with it, is pacing. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. And when we talk about pacing in a narrative, we're talking... Uh, specifically about the time, the amount of time that's spent on plot points or character beats, etc.
0: Also the time between them.
1: That's true, yes. Um, but relative to their overall importance to the narrative. So if you've ever been reading something or watching something and you're losing track of certain plot threads or you're really not getting the sense that this character is as big as they've played him up to be, something like that, it's almost definitely a pacing issue where they either haven't given you enough time with this thing yeah. for you to understand what it is, or they've given you too much of something that doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, it's it's extremely, extremely difficult to actually get good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's not surprising that the show's having a hard time with it. Until you notice that it, the story's already been written. With by, excellent
0: pacing. With the manga. Yes.
1: Um, and if they just did what was done there, and a lot of times they wouldn't be having these problems.
0: Yes. Um, another thing that we've been talking about is outpowered versus outclassed. So, yeah. uh, Langdon, do you want to take us through your definition for that?
1: Um, I think that, specifically, we've been talking about it when we talk about the fact that Edward doesn't lose in this. Um, mm-hmm. And Edward doesn't, up to this point, Edward doesn't lose in the manga either. So what is the show doing wrong to that,
0: make that annoying
1: yeah that the manga does right um, um first and I of think, all
0: we allow ever to lose to alphonse in the manga so yeah. that's a big one
1: so so and that that demonstrates that he's able to lose to people he can lose yes uh it's just the show doesn't want him to um and i think the line that he has in the manga and it's actually in the first arc and the final arc he mm-hmm. says it to father cornello and he says it to our uh, big bad our big bad father Um, I assume it's going to be different here, so it doesn't really matter if we talk about it. Um, But he says, come down here, you third-rate fraud, and I'll show you how outclassed you really are. Um, And with Father Cornello, he's 100% right, because he's going to whip Father Cornello's ass. Because Father Cornello is a chump, as Diane told us very early. He's a
0: schlub. He's a schmuck. He is nothing.
1: And when we say that, like, he's a goomba. He's the first enemy that you encounter. You jump on him, and he's dead. And that's how it should be with Edward here. But what they're doing instead is they're get, they're making Edward he has a hard time fighting these bad guys. Mm-hmm. He's he stumbles. He gets captured. He lets th- th- certain things happen that just shouldn't because he should be so far them. right. It should be like an NFL team playing a college ball team,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: which I know that Diane and I both love football. So <laughs> this is a very helpful metaphor to us. Um, <laughs> that's sarcasm. Uh, but the point is, the the worst NFL team should beat the best college team because they're Absolutely. on t- they're totally different leagues. They're totally outclassed. Yes. Now, the worst NFL team might beat the best NFL team if they just play better, and that's what I would consider outpowered. Um, no, I guess not. No. I guess no, because because our issue with with Edward out overpowering these enemies or so outpowering them. The
0: difference them? between power and class yes. is that power is. You're super duper strong, but class is about intelligence and strategy. So, if you're out, if you're powerful, that means that you have a lot of muscle behind your punch. Yep. But, class is knowing how and when to throw your punches in such a way that it, 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 you, you are able to manipulate the fight itself and not just your own strength. Um, and so, like. For example, in, for, to be outpowered or being overpowered or OP, I brought up an example earlier of in Breath of the Wild, I once did a shrine as soon as I got off the plateau and I received a level 50 sword from it. I had no idea how to use this sword. I was just going around swinging it. It didn't require any skill. I would just win a battle no matter yeah. what because I had this fucking sword. But yes. class is, is about knowing how to fight, knowing that I can now, now several playthroughs later, I can go up to a silver Bacoblin and hold a tree branch and kick its ass because I know how to actually fight with the game mechanics and with those fighting mechanics. So power is about having strength behind your punch. Class is knowing how mechanics work.
1: And the reason that that, that all this is important is uh, sticking with the video game metaphor. uh, When you fight a boss for the first time, you're only going to beat it With the class thing that we talked about. You're going to have to figure out how to fight it. Versus at the end of the game, if there's something like a boss rush, you can go in and you can whack him a couple times and he's dead. You've outpowered him. But what's more satisfying
0: Definitely outclass someone? Definitely class. Always more interesting in reading or watching something to see somebody outclass somebody else because it's clever and it's enjoyable and it shows character in a way that power just doesn't
1: and they're definitely trying to have edward outsmart people but they're doing it
0: in such a convoluted way that he's reactionary rather than thinking ahead
1: yeah i I definitely feel like he's he's winning because he's got the harder hits rather than he's winning because he's He's thinking ahead of you, and he's outsmarting yes, you.
0: Yes, yes. Again, he's and when he when he was with Father Cornello, he was reacting to Father Cornello. When mm-hmm. he's with other villains, he is reacting to he's reacting to Modge Hall instead of thinking ten feet ahead of Mudge <sighs> Hall. He's not thinking ten feet ahead of Father Cornello. If he was thinking ten feet of Father Cornello, he wouldn't have been thrown in that prison in the first place, and they wouldn't have yeah. had to come up with that plan. If exactly he, he wouldn't have been knocked out by Lebby's candle somehow yeah. if if he had actually been thinking ahead so it's and, it's a
1: matter of and yes because this is the the early stages of it he should be winning constantly he should yeah. he shouldn't be getting beat Absolutely. but it's so Play much up
0: your protagonist Please. it's so
1: much less satisfying the way that they're doing it where he's just hitting harder rather than him just being like no i was steps ahead of you the whole time
0: yeah you were playing my game. I didn't have to adjust my plan to fit yours. you were you were my bitch this yeah. whole time it's it's so much more fun that way
1: yeah um, it's it's a little yeah. complicated and I, I'm still having trouble explaining it, but I think that I hope that this has done some justice to it hopefully
0: uh, so let's get out to where we are so far yes um, edward and alphonse elric they are brothers and alchemists who have lost their bodies performing a human transmutation in an attempt to bring their dead mother back to life um no. where we are now they are currently traveling by train to central to meet roy mustang um he is he is the flame alchemist and they are hoping to also become state Alchemists, which is a a federally funded alchemist who re- develops research for the military Yep, and
1: this will give them access to, to money most importantly and, and also research materials. research and resources that will help them in their quest to get their bodies back yes
0: uh where we uh, are now they have just killed a man named maj hall an alchemist an alchemist another alchemist named maj hall who was an old friend of their father's so you know just another day yep. for the alrick brothers killing their dad's friends
1: yep and kind of the what's been set up for us so far is that this is a show where we tune in we watch these two brothers use uh alchemy causes problems, they go into these towns or these villages, they find the alchemist who's causing the problems, and they fix the problems with violence.
0: Yep. Um alchemy causes problems and violence solves them. That's yep. what we're getting. That's so far. that's what
1: we've that's what we've been shown so far.
0: Yes. Uh, so, so here we go. Episode
1: five. Uh in Japanese it's translated to dash auto mail. But
0: like dash like sprint. Yep. Like run auto mail. Um, um
1: but it's localized as the man with the mechanical arm, which yes. is probably I think a better title. Um, and but' that might uh, be a still even
0: thing. nebulous because which which man with the mechanical arm Edward
1: the boy we with already
0: the arm. know <laughs> but um, yes this so... is this is based on the fourth chapter of the manga um we will do some in-depth comparisons hopefully yeah. toward the end we'll try to limit it as we go through um because it's. Very well done in yeah. the manga.
1: Anybody who thought that the last episode was a welcome vacation from manga comparisons, just just skip to episode six, guys, because we're going to be doing a lot of manga comparison this time. Mm. Um, because the chapter in the manga, it's it's a delight. It oh, is, it's so fun. It is, it is a gift to read it. It feels so, so good. It's pure, pure joy. Yes. In um, this episode, maybe we'll live up to those expectations. We'll find out. Uh, so
0: we begin... Our episode with Edward and Alphonse on a on an outdoor train station platform. Alphonse is buying some sort of bun for Edward because Alphonse doesn't eat. Um, well we don't know
1: that he might eat. This. He <laughs> might
0: eat. He sleeps so who knows what he does. Um, but he is he is buying food for his brother. And then Edward however is on the phone with Mustang and the conversation is so funny because Edward is like super respectful to Mustang. He's like really nervous to be talking to Roy Mustang, which is so foreign to everything that I know about their relationship. It's just very silly to see that. Um, And Roy Mustang is like, ah, don't be so tense. But we, we get a shot of him and I'm quite confused because Roy Mustang is wearing his gloves inside of the office and the thing about Roy Mustang is that he's the flame alchemist. And the way that he does flame alchemy is he has this special type of cloth that his gloves are made of called spark cloth. And when he snaps his fingers, it creates a spark that is the ignition. And then he uses alchemy in order to direct fire. Mm-hmm. Um, and the transmutation circle is stitched onto the back of those gloves.
1: And that's a common thing is to have your transmutation circle on some kind yes, of wear. Like on uh, some that sort that of thing. did it with his wristband.
0: Well, hmm. Maj Hall's Transmutation Circle did anything he wanted it to do. So we're not even going to talk about that. Yeah. But Roy Mustang's Flame Alchemy Transmutation Circle is on the back of his glove. Um, and But it works by basically using this cloth it, with, via friction in the same way that you strike a match. It creates friction, which creates a spark, which basically means if he's like scratching his chin with these gloves on, or if he's just rubbing his fingers together really fast and fidgeting, he's creating sparks in the office. So what happens if he accidentally sets a document on fire? Like he can't read a book wearing his gloves without setting it on fire. It is so bizarre to me that they have chosen to show these gloves Especially because when we first get his introduction to the manga and he's in the office setting, he's not wearing them. You can, like, see his fingernails. Yeah. He's barehanded because he doesn't wear them in an office.
1: I definitely think that the anime team got, like, I definitely think they know the source material to an extent. And they have certain things that they think are really cool about it. Mm -hmm. And they're not really interested in exploring them with the pacing that the mangakai uses. I think they kind of want to just do... Their own thing and get the cool stuff out in front of people.
0: Which again, she asked them to go in a different direction, That's but not... they're they're not. It's it's almost disrespectful how they are changing certain things because like she has done things so well, and they it's they kind of walk in the room and are like, oh, but we know how to do it
1: differently. Yeah I, yeah, I definitely feel like they think they know how to do it better, but it's not.
0: It's not, and it's so. I, I think we were talking about how part of me wonders because it feels like they called up Hiromu Ara, or Arakawa Hiromu and they were like, we want to do an, uh, an anime based on your manga. And yeah. then they all got in the room. All the writers you, got in the you room. You can't and, turn that
1: down. If, yeah, yeah.
0: And Arakawa Hiromi walked in the room, not Arakawa Hiromu. So if you don't know, um, Arakawa Hiromu or Hiromu Arakawa is is a woman, but Hiromu is is a male name. Her real name is Hiromi. Um and it's, in yeah, order to sell a, it, yeah. she had to adopt the male form of her name because nobody was going to pick up this shonen manga by a woman because um, it's targeted at young men. So part of me is really concerned that that's what happened at the beginning because she's she's very private um and does not make public appearances and so I'm very concerned and a little bit worried that she walked in the room and they expected a man and, and walked a woman and they were like oh yeah. but we know more about shonen than you do yeah. um and. Maybe that's what she meant by uh, creative differences when she drew her little samurai fight.
1: I definitely think she was being very polite when she talked about oh, the creative differences. Oh, it's super, it's especially super wh- yeah.
0: Japanese the way that she, like, sort of plays it all down.
1: But especially watching the show and, and doing this podcast has given us a chance to, like, really do some intense side-by-side comparison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely think that, like, they were in the room and they were telling her things and she was definitely like, uh-huh. uh-huh. I wouldn't do it that way, but okay. Yes. Uh, anyways, on the platform, uh, Edward's on the phone. Roy's got his gloves on in the office for... Uh, who knows? Um, Why? Edward tells him that they're going to board the 920 train and someone passes Mustang a piece of paper with the 830 train. It's a train schedule. The 830 is circled. Yeah. Um, We don't and... know who this
0: person is. Presumably, it's a woman named Reza Hawkeye, who is Roy Mustang's adjutant, which basically means she is an office administrator. That's she is the Pam Beasley to his Michael Scott.
1: Yes, um, but this so this scene kind of ends with Mustang telling Edward to get on the train that's at the station now. Yes, before the one that they're doing. Um, and as we do our comparison, we'll explain that this scene is just totally mishandled because they do a, a scene that introduces Mustang's whole team in the manga. It takes moments, and you get a, a decent because idea of, of what every member of every does. Person. Whereas here, you see Roy, who you already know. And an unnamed person hands him a piece of paper and he tells the boy to get on a different train. It's very
0: it's, weird. it's boring. boring.
1: Mustang tells Edward to get on the 830 train. Edward runs after it like a dutiful little boy who does whatever Mustang tells him to do. <laughs> <try>. It's weird. <laughs> that,
0: yeah, yeah. It's silly. It's very silly. Because um, their, their
1: relationship is supposed to be...
0: Very a, antagonistic.
1: animositous.
0: <laughs> it's it's frenimosotis. They're, they're frenemies. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs>
1: uh, they love each other. They don't like each other. Right. Uh... So, Edward grabs Alphonse, they get on the train, um, and we go back to Mustang's office, and he puts the phone down, he's kind of chuckling, and it's like, what are you doing? Um, and he says that he's... Someone asks him, like, what are you doing? And he says that he's testing their luck.
0: And the, she is. she's like... The person who, asks, who who sets this up is Hawkeye. She has nothing to say. She's just standing there. No one's surprised by anything Mustang's doing. Um, but... What The thing is, he's setting up the boys and he's putting them into a situation where he is testing their luck. I don't know why, because the only thing that he has ever seen these boys do is get themselves blown to bits in a human transmutation yeah. that they failed. Um, he's literally just seeing how much collateral damage he can cause in the next 20 minutes. By yeah. putting Ed into a situation, he hasn't it, talked to either one of them substantially in a year. Presumably, they've called. He doesn't to be know like, them. Hey, we're yeah. coming. He doesn't know, a, and he doesn't know them at all. So the, he's
1: just throwing them in. The only thing that he knows about them is that they're they're skilled alchemists for their age, certainly. Yeah. Because even even the theoretical work behind attempting a human transmutation is impressive so that they've done it.
0: It's um, it's a boring opening.
1: Right. Needs personality. And needs some spice. Some and the, zest. The personality thing I think is huge because, and, and it's true of a lot of scenes in this show, but definitely this cold open. When comparing it to the cold open in the manga, I'm sorry. Uh, it's so mechanical. Yeah. And it's so much just get these pieces where they need to be. And I don't yeah. care how you do it. Don't put any, it's like eating food with no flavor.
0: Don't put any love in it. Yeah. Um, it's <laughs> it's yeah. eating white people food.
1: Oh. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, oh and the one other thing about this scene is that they introduce roy mustang with a label like they put oh, they put yeah. japanese on the screen that says lieutenant colonel roy mustang
0: right the flame uh, alchemist even we though we already know who he is we met him
1: twice. he's been in like every episode so far
0: yeah uh, we've met him twice now so we so, know who he is
1: so that ends this scene of the phone call between roy and edward um We do the introduction where Alphonse says the thing he says every episode about equivalent exchange being the way that they thought the world was, implying that that they now think it's something different. And then we get our opening credits. credits.
0: Which, again, we hate. There's that long shot of those mountains, incredibly long shot of those mountains that we have yet to see answered. Maybe we'll see mountains this episode. We won't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But then we're on our train. We get on a train as soon as the credits end. And Edward is eating bread and he's like, what's up with that Mustang guy? Which is super weird because like, he's Edward, you don't him. have the, the room to be asking questions about that. Like, first of all, considering how deferential he was to Mustang, he should just be like, you know what, whatever he said, yeah, let's do it. Because that's how he was acting on the train platform. So I don't know what he's questioning now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it kind of,
0: it feels delayed and unearned. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, Edward scans the train. Uh, oh, before that, before Edward scans the train, um, we see this young girl. Uh, her name is Marin uh, And mm-hmm. she's kind of playing peekaboo with Alphonse. Yeah. Um, and Alphonse worries that he's scary because he's this big suit of armor. Yeah. Uh, Edward doesn't really like that uh, this game of peekaboo is calling attention to them, it seems. And Edward scans the car. Um, and we see uh, the car is full of mostly just regular rural regular people. Um, except for one booth. That Which has... has
0: two men that look like they walked off the set of men
1: in black. Yeah, two um, <laughs> guys with like suits and sunglasses. Like definitely out of place. Yeah, um,
0: super crazy. Um mm-hmm. but then oh. Edward is talking to this girl and she sees his automail arm and he's just like, Yeah, it's cool, right? And this girl is just like, Yeah. So she obviously knows what automail is, unlike yeah. um Rose. So Yeah. <laughs> but they're also just being you know polite young boys ed is nice to somebody big huh? big thing but it's also nice in flashback we are still in flashback guys
1: oh yeah i forgot yeah we forgot to mention at the beginning that this episode is still a flashback because the first two episodes happen and then there's a flashback that goes through the boys whole childhood and then the la- m- the last episode was a flashback this episode's still a flashback catching up to the first two episodes
0: we have been in flashback now for longer than
1: we were with them in the present and this early on don't do that don't do that um no Uh, and and my big issue with going to flashback in the first place was that it answered all the questions that we could have had about the boys rather than pacing those answers out throughout the show yeah um so i don't so right now you don't really even have a reason to tune into this show because there's, no, there's no burning questions that you have other than who's this woman who's been following them from the beginning.
0: And also, will they get their bodies back? Those are yeah. the only questions I have right now. Um, um, but then we get a cut to a a man sitting in his car, and he is subtitled. Again, they always hmm. put their labels on people instead of introducing them through dialogue. Um and he, he is this man named General Hakuro or Halcrow depending on your translator. Yeah.
1: We're going to call him Halcrow but Netflix calls him Hakuro. Yeah, uh, so
0: we're going to call him Halcrow but
1: Cuz that's his name. That's his name. Sorry.
0: Um so we meet the general through subtitle not dialogue. Um ta- and they're... Yeah,
1: they're, the the subtitles really take me out cuz yeah. they're, they're taking reveals away from themselves. They really are. And they're they're showing me how artlessly they can convey information to me, which yes. is it's not fun.
0: Yes, it is not fun at all. Yeah, because um,
1: literally you could have somebody... Just, and this is what happens in the manga. Somebody enters the car and says, Hey, General Holcrow, done. Yeah. It's that simple.
0: Oh, yeah. That um, um, he is with his family and a bodyguard. Mm-hmm. And...
1: Outside the car, he's got two other bodyguards. And uh, they're they're plainclothes military officers, and, and one of them, of them is, is a, introduced. Not as, even an
0: officer, he's he's an enlisted personnel, but he's an enlisted personnel that if you've read the manga or you're familiar with Full Metal Alchemist, you should know very well. Um, and it's it is Vato Fallman um, who is there for some reason. And Fallman is outside, um, he's a warrant officer. And he is asking where somebody named Hughes
1: is. Yep. And, and the other officer says that Hughes, Major Hughes Enlisted is, personnel. Excuse, sorry. Um, he says that Hughes is talking to Mustang about that other matter. And we cut to uh, Major Hughes. Yes. Major Hughes. Yes, He's um, he in the communications car. He's on the phone uh, with Roy Mustang. Um, he's talking about how much he loves his wife, how her being pregnant makes her look more beautiful. And every day she gets more beautiful. And... Um,
0: and then abruptly, we see a gloved hand hang up a telephone. So we don't even really see that he's interacting with Mustang. We don't see how Mustang feels. We just see the hand hang up the phone. Yeah, I feel um, like this really should have spliced in just Roy being super pissed yeah. off.
1: They, yeah, they just could little have,
0: shots, quick shots. Mm-hmm. They could have used the same one three times, and I wouldn't have cared.
1: Um, really quickly, Hughes is while we have while we have this brief uh, inter phone call break. Um, Maze Hughes is a very popular Full Metal character. I've always found. Um, yes. Uh, people love him. Very dearly loved. And I think he, he's very, very important in the early uh, parts of the manga. Yes. Um, and then he's important in, in 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 a way in the later parts. Yes. Um, he's
0: he's he's important as far as Roy Mustang's development goes. Um, uh, his, he himself doesn't have much development. He's actually very static.
1: Yeah. Um, and, and kind of the the big big things about him uh, the most commonly known thing is that he is a he loves his wife and his daughter yes he totally dotes on them he is head over heels for both of them which is great um and the other thing we learn about him a little bit later is that he's he's very much set on protecting those two people he's set on protecting what's his and he doesn't necessarily care what he has to do to keep it safe um and that that, that plays for some drama uh in later arcs of the manga that go into some of the really awful things that the military's done.
0: And that and Maze things, Hughes personally has done.
1: Yeah. And things that he excuses as doing to protect his right. life in a message. Things
0: that he can excuse that Roy Mustang can't excuse. So it's um, very interesting. I'm very interested to see if those things play out the same way as Mays Hughes being willing to excuse genocide that Mustang can't.
1: Well, so. and we already we already know that they're doing some of it differently because normally his daughter's already born at this point. So yes. we, we're going to have well,
0: to... Well, she's... Technically, at the point that Edward and Alphonse are joining the military, she wouldn't be born yet because she's as old as they have been in the military. Oh, yeah, because we're
1: still in flashback. We're still in flashback. Great. Yeah, if if your viewers are confused about whether or not they're in flashback or in the present, or even if they forget they're in flashback, your flashback's too long. Yeah, you you, um, you messed up. Um, um. But so Mustang hangs up on him... He, he thinks that it's just the comm system being lousy, uh, and he's upset about it because he likes talking to Mustang, I guess. Um, <laughs> uh, and we cut back to Fallman outside looking through the window of the communications car, but it's it's super bonky
0: pacing because we're jumping around from head to head to head to yeah. head to head we're, so fast. We're
1: jumping between Roy and between Hughes and between Fallman. Two of these people we just met. We don't even know who they are. Mustang is at his office And it's not really clear whose perspective we're supposed to be following. It's just kind of like you're supposed to know everything about all three of these people right now. And they're bouncing between them so quickly that you can't set up anywhere. This is very bad pacing. If you guys are like, what's an example of bad pacing? Watch this scene. Um, (laughs) Um, But then immediately after this, Hughes
0: calls Mustang back and Mustang Mustang answers. answers the phone. So we're gonna, why would he answer though after hanging up? Why hang up in the first place? It's, so we're going to go through a really quick thing, military-prone protocol. So when you call somebody to a at a military base, you have to go through an operator and they have to confirm who you are, what your code is, if you're allowed to be talking to the person that you are calling, yeah. if you have that level of clearance, and then they will put you through by first telling the person who is calling and asking them if he wants to accept it. This is an age when we do have operators. There are telephone operators and they do that. But also... Yes, dear? Uh,
1: obviously, that's not happening here because... It's it's plot relevant in the manga. It is it's plot super relevant that, um, that obviously you have none to of that happens here.
0: Who you are, and it has to go through an operator to get to Mustang before mm-hmm. he will even take, because otherwise anybody off the street could get a hold of that number and just call his office directly. Right. But it it shouldn't be handled that way. And also military people should be listening in constantly to ensure that classified information isn't being leaked to an outside line. Yeah. It could They would probably only not be listening if it was going from headquarter to headquarter.
1: So the weird thing here is that Mustang definitely know, or should definitely know that Hughes is calling him back so why does he pick up the phone? Yeah, um, it's it's hard to understand. Uh, he, my, Hughes, just keeps going on about his wife and baby. Um, and he's worried that maybe his wife will have the baby tomorrow. And right. Hawkeye Mustangs, grabs the well, phone
0: Well, first. Mustang's really annoyed at this, so yeah. I feel like they could have condensed both of these phone calls into one. Um, but then Hawkeye. Right. It, well, then he, like, Mustang snaps his fingers because he's got his gloves on oh in the gosh. office again. So he snaps his fingers and, like, static goes around his hand. And I, I suppose he's threatening to incinerate... It's a threat. He's threatening to incinerate May's via radio waves. I'm not really sure how he intends for this threat to be communicated. Yeah. Like, it's...
1: It's, because it's a wireless communications thing, so you can't even send it down a wire if that was even a exactly. thing he could do.
0: But the thing is, this this um, this joke does happen in the manga, but it's very much Mustang saying, hmm, I wonder if you can burn somebody via radio, via like telephone yeah. line. And May's being like, oh, you're a big, scary man. So it, it does happen. Um, but this is just, it's bananas. Um, oh, so but then it, Hawkeye picks up the phone, and she says she has been vice for the major. And it's a very famous line from this scene um, when she says babies aren't born after just five months famous to 03 specifically. Um, And she yells it at him. And like, again, honey, reread your handbook because you cannot talk to him that way. He is her superior, even if he is not her direct superior officer, and she doesn't report directly to him. He is still her superior. She cannot yell at him because somebody they don't know yet whether or not somebody is listening in, they'll get confirmation on that Later on, so somebody is def could definitely be listening, and that person could overhear it and go to their superior and say, "Hey, I heard Second Lieutenant Reza Hawkeye really go off on Major Hughes. All yeah. of a sudden, she's getting disciplinary action. She's getting a court martial. She's before the judiciary corps. Don't do this. It's dumb."
1: I have a strong feeling that none of that's going to happen because I don't think that the people I don't think this they care. I care don't that think
0: much. rules exist um, in this universe.
1: So. So we've been introduced to all the major players here. Uh, Roy Mustang, maybe this Hawkeye woman, uh, Vato Fallman, Warrant Officer Fallman, um, Major Mace Hughes, and General Hall-Crow, Uh, and obviously the boys who are on the train. Um, if you guys are confused so far, so were we, because the pacing of this scene is just very bad, and even looking over our notes, I'm like, this can't be the way that the scene plays out, because it's just all over the place. But we watched it a couple times, and we double-checked these notes, so I promise you, this is how it happens. Um,
0: Maze hughes complains that he can't hear very well over the phone as the train is going through a tunnel
1: yes and that kind of that kind of ends this beat um so the question is what did roy mustang mean when he said that he was testing the boy's luck
0: we still don't know
1: that's that's I what i have a theory that's what i'm waiting to episode, be answered
0: though and right. I'll, I'll clue you in on my theory as Please. we get to the end okay okay yeah i have um, a theory
1: so getting into the action of the episode <laughs> uh 30 minutes later um Fallman is going through the train cars, and he sees Alphonse, and he's kind of suspicious of Alphonse. Yes. We cut back to uh, Major Hughes on the phone with uh, Roy Mustang. Um, They get confirmation that no one's listening in on the call. Hawkeye dodged a bullet there. You get it? Because she's a sniper? Ooh. Um, Hughes, in the communication cart, picks up a separate phone, and this is a call coming from Fallman, who is also on the train. So Fallman is talking to Hughes, and Hughes is talking to Roy Mustang, but Fallman and Roy Mustang are not talking to each other, even though Roy Mustang is the person in charge of this operation, whatever this operation may be. It appears um, to be pretty routine, though. Fallman is worried about this big guy in the suit of armor. Roy says, Oh, don't worry about him. As long as he's got this little blonde pipsqueak with him, then he's fine. Um, mm-hmm. But obviously, they're also like Fallman is also surveilling this train with the expectation that some, someone else suspicious may be on board. Yeah. and maybe this is because Hull Crow's on board, and this is always the protocol. Or maybe this just happens on trains in a mestress. Yeah, they just <laughs> so just bad things happen when generals are on trains. Or just Who on knows? trains. Um, so Fallman approaches the boys to make sure that there is a little pipsqueak with Ed, with uh, the man in the giant suit of armor. Um, Ed is asleep. He sees this, and he comments. He sees Edward, and he comments that Edward is in fact a very small boy. And Edward hears this in his sleep, and he's very very mad about it because we know that he hates uh, cracks about his height suddenly, I guess, the the two men that we saw earlier who are wearing the sunglasses and look like men in black just get up and pull guns on Fallman because something
0: plot. Um and he pulls a gun on one of them and then one of the other men in black um, pistol whips Fallman, and he passes out. Guys, if you pass out from getting hit in the head with something, um, then you're you've you've got a major concussion there. You've got some serious damage, um, and you need get get your buddy to a hospital if they have passed mm-hmm. out after getting hit in the head. Honestly, you shouldn't pass out after getting hit in the head, even if you get hit pretty hard it will hurt you'll be dizzy and um, you won't be able to see very well you do have a, a concussion most likely but if you're passed out that is extremely that is an extremely serious brain injury and you've got to get somebody to a hospital um, um but this other, is this yeah. is a
1: trope so you know whatever the other thing that bothered me about this though is that we've now seen a member of i guess mustang squad just get dropped easy yeah
0: so i no longer trust mustang's judgment because the people that he trusts to do their jobs obviously can't
1: yeah um, um so all all the townspeople in the car are kind of shocked by this and everyone including edward and alphonse kind of put their hands up in the air because the men in yes, black yes we've now have now taken are, over there car. are people with guns on the car so um back to general hall car we hear a gunshot and we hear a body fall so i definitely think someone got <laughs> killed um and then uh, these hijackers break into the car and they shoot a bunch of bullets with a fucking machine gun.
0: Yeah, they um, wound the aide, but yeah. really no one else. There's there's yeah. a smattering of bullet holes above where the aide's head used to be, but he's obviously ducked down because he's got the fastest reflexes yeah. on the planet. They, um, might, I guess
1: they just nicked him.
0: And the gunman didn't bother like adjusting his aim to kill him when he obviously the thing about machine guns is they're not built for accuracy yeah. they're built to put out as much ammo as possible in the shortest yeah. time possible if i enter so,
1: your train car with a machine gun i expect all five people to be dead and i also expect the window to be broken i thought it was really odd that this guy just sprays into this car and the all the glass is totally fine
0: yes but there's um, there's some holes in the in the um leather seat back so
1: very weird um so this guy comes in, he shoots the machine gun, and then we meet the ringleader of this group of hijackers, which includes this guy with the machine gun, this person we're going to introduce right now, and the men in black in the car with Edward and Alphonse. Yeah. Um, he is a dark-haired, broad-shouldered, ponytailed man with an eye patch and a mustache. So you so know he's bad. You know he's a bad guy. Um. Back in the communications car, Major Hughes has overheard the commotion. He hangs up on Mustang without telling him anything which is crazy again
0: protocol if mustang is running this operation then mustang needs to know exactly why he's hanging up there's got to be right. some sort of code for this like we got charlie in here or contact yeah. or something like that that would imply no enemy combatants yeah. spotted he's and just that, like
1: oh no no no, i gotta go
0: yeah and he just hangs up and mustangs left they're like
1: what's happening um, right um hughes climbs out the window of the train um and the hijackers enter the wireless car uh, and they say we've taken the communications car or something, uh, but Hughes is on the outside.
0: Cut to Mustang, and we yep. see... Um, <laughs> Jeez. We see 2nd Lieutenant Hawkeye asking, is it them after all? Um, and then the phone rings again, and it's it's General Holcroft calling Mustang, which... Um, wouldn't he would not be my first choice? Mustang would not be my first choice by Hall Crow.
1: Yeah, especially since he's presumably the guy who's been tasked with protecting Hall Crow, and his and men he's failed failed badly. Yeah,
0: you don't call Mustang at that point. You call Mustang superior. You call anybody but the man who just fucking failed on you. Yeah. And that's that's so bananas. But
1: yeah, it, it, so Hall Crow calling Mustang because Bald has kind of brought Hall Crow to a separate to the communications car, presumably. Um, to get Mustang on the phone, um, ba- oh, Bald is the name of the leader of the hijackers. Uh, so he introduced himself as Bald from the Eastern Liberation Front Blue Squad. Uh-huh. Um, these are kind of insurgents that they're Amestrian, but they're very anti-government. And he says that he sent someone to deliver a message to Mustang, but since then the Eastern uh, Liberation Front has lost contact with this person. Mustang, lying, says, "What are you talking about? He's we a really didn't get bad a message. Liar. It's, it's not clear, but it seems like uh, Mustang's group, has ta- the Stang gang, has <laughs> taken this messenger hostage. Um, and Bald now wants to uh, do a prisoner exchange at the train station, Hall Crow, for this messenger.
0: And um, Mustang actually agrees to this and says that in exchange, though, Bald cannot kill anyone and Bald just hangs up. And then Hawkeye implies that, no, they definitely got this message that Mustang pretended that they didn't get.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know if it's a translation thing, but... Th- The whole thing is kind of confusing, because it's not clear if, like, the prisoner that Bald is asking for, is that the messenger, or is that someone different?
0: Yeah, it's never confirmed that they're the same person, or that they're different, you just don't really know. Right. And it
1: it seems obvious that they're the same person, but I promise you, watching it, it's not. It's very unclear, and it's very hard to tell what exactly is happening.
0: So Mustang kind of handwaves, though, her concern away, and says it's fine, he's already taken sufficient precautionary measures, um... Clearly not because his team got clocked, yeah. and then also he's got only two untested children on the train. So yes. you know, yeah, precautionary measures. All right, yeah, sure.
1: It's, it, it's implied that these precautionary measures refer to the boys, which is confusing. Um, um, because again, untested children. Right. Um, so Ball then threatens General Hallcrow, and he says he'll kill all the passengers if anything funny happens and as he says that we cut back to the boys in their own car with their hands up uh so we now know that they're going to be the funny thing that happens and gets everybody killed yep uh we cut to commercial <laughs> there uh so that's the end of i guess our act one thank god because um, the pacing in this scene it's so all over the place and i really don't think they knew what they wanted to do with this episode i don't think they really had a Which good idea for going in
0: because it's already been written for them
1: yeah it's weird um (laughs) we get back from the commercial break and the the two guys in sunglasses that we're calling the men in black uh they come for the boys i guess they're like going through and like talking to everybody on the car making sure that they're not threatening um Uh uh-huh the boys start a fight edward does this like swan kick to knock out one of the men in black again handled way way better in the manga which we'll talk about um they knock them out, and the passengers get mad at Edward and Alphonse, and because with the argument, if you hadn't resisted, then we probably could have gotten to Central without any more problems.
0: You know, than the um, than the fact that they're on a
1: hijacked train, which very much could be true. But if I was on a train and someone knocked off knocked out the hijackers, I'd be like, dude, thank you.
0: But also, like they, they 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 do have a concern of. If if the people up train find out what's happened, they're gonna come back. They may retaliate, Certainly. which is a, it's, it's which reasonable, is a, but you know, it, it's not a concern. But it's it's they spend a lot of time on these protestations.
1: Yeah, the the people with guns got knocked out. That seems like a universally good thing to me. Um, except one of them didn't get knocked out, and he tries to shoot that little girl that was playing with the boys. Uh, but Edward intervenes and stops that, and he promises the little girl that they're gonna do something. <gasps> He's nice to somebody. Or don't get used to it, probably. Uh, um, <laughs> They untie Fallman, and he tells them that General Hall Crow-, Hall Crow is on the train. Yes. The boys introduce themselves as ordinary alchemists. Uh, Fallman introduces himself as a warrant officer, so he's a military person. Uh, again, he's in plain clothes. Um, and they, I I guess, presumably, at that point, they have a conversation about this... They have this- a
0: conversation about this covert operation right in front of the entire crowd in this train car. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, it's it's just weird. Um, and the way that they impart this information is is done very lazily. Um, so Edward now gets a plan together. Um, and he'll take the top of the train, and Alphonse will take the inside, and they'll meet up at the front car where the hi- where General Hallcrow and the hijackers are. And and Fallman is also going to go with Alphonse. Which why Fallman should recover. And Fallman should probably watch the two guys who got knocked out Fallman and have guns. Should
0: be taking care of his major concussion that he's got right now from getting knocked out from being pistol whipped
1: (laughs) that's another good point Um, there's a
0: lot that should be happening honestly his brain injury should be so severe that he should be like vomiting right now but maybe
1: him having a brain injury could explain some of this episode (laughs) I think everyone had a brain injury everyone involved had a brain injury
0: this whole episode is Fallman's Um, recounting of
1: what happened (laughs) this is Fallman's official report of what happened Uh, (laughs) Uh, so Edward jumps on top of the train and Alphonse starts to go through the bottom. As he goes through the cars, he runs into some of the uh, some of the other hijackers and they shoot at him. He, he says, don't shoot me. Um, but the thing, it's not because he's going to get hurt. It's because the bullets ricochet off of his armor and they go into the gunman's legs. So yes. he's so he like, yes, he's obviously against these gunmen, but he's like, you don't like, if you shoot me, you're going to hurt yourself. And they do. But
0: in the manga, it's also done with so much more fun. Yeah. Um, because this happens once And then Alphonse warns the second guy and he's like, no, da, 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 da. And then the guy shoots him and it ricochets off of him. So this happens to two separate men, one after the other. And then we get this tiny little speech, bubble from Alphonse that says, are you guys stupid?
1: Yeah. (laughs) And that doesn't happen. (laughs) Very cute. It's frustrating. Um, Back in Hall car, car, he's he's grumbling about something um, and Bald shoots him through the ear. Yes, they pierce his ear with a bullet. Yep, so now we now, now the stakes are raised a little bit. Um, yes. And he orders his men to check all of the other cars to make sure that there's no one else trying to, uh, I guess, free General Holcro or cause other problems for these hijackers. On the outside of the train, Edward's just walking across the top of the train like there's no such thing as wind resistance. Um, and then this branch comes up, because uh, I guess they are kind of going alongside of a mountain now. Yeah. Um, and there's this branch going out of the mountain um, and it... It hits him or he ducks it or something and he it falls off. It whacks
0: him um, and he uh, falls. Which, if you're going on a full speed train and you get hit with a branch, you're, you're at least going to get the wind knocked yeah. out of you. If noffs suffer major injuries, if it hits you like in the head, you're decapitated. Yeah, it's going to leave It a might nasty cut you in movies. half. Like, who knows? It's
1: Trains go... Trains are fast, guys. Uh, but Edward is pretty much okay he gets caught by uh Mays hughes who's on the outside of the car um the thing that i don't like about this is that if Maze hughes wasn't there edward would be dead that's it that's the show yeah so <laughs> Full metal off for for four episodes long it's something that we've talked about a lot where like edward and alphonse they don't get to do stuff on their own like no. they're always helped by people in ways that like or th- things go wrong to them that just shouldn't happen. Yeah,
0: that shouldn't go wrong for them. They right. they should be anticipating things that they're not anticipating. They're throwing obstacles and they're the the writers are throwing obstacles in the boys' way that's that that are illogical.
1: Yes, very much so. I yes, hard agree. Um Major Hughes knows who Edward is. Uh, Presumably he heard about him from Lieutenant Colonel Mustang.
0: And Ed is like, too sad. Because he like, he idolizes the Lieutenant Colonel. He is so excited to hear that Lieutenant Colonel Mustang has been talking about him. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. And
1: that's, and that's fine because this is an adaptation. It's funny. But if you've read the manga, that's really weird because they don't like each other. Like,
0: Um, Edward is unimpressed with Mustang from go. From the moment they meet, he's just like, I hate you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, I really like Maze Hughes so far, though. Um, And I think this scene, I think he's very, very fun in this scene in this episode overall.
0: Well, you Um, like his shirt.
1: I do like his purple shirt. He's he's got, like, a very swashbuckling look in nature. um, In the way that Daredevil was a swashbuckler, where he just has these kind of adventures where he's just like, ahoy! Not that he's actually a pirate, but... (laughs) Um, I don't know. He just he he just seems like a like a, a roguish hero. Okay. Um, it's fun. Uh, but
0: Maze has a plan. Yes. And oh my gosh. Edward is gonna help him. Edward is in awe of this of this dashing swashbuckler and also Mustang, um, which means that this whole plan of Edward that he did have is now Maze because he implied earlier doing? that he has a plan. But now Maze Hughes is like, no, I got a different plan. We're gonna do mine.
1: Right. But so in the manga, when the boys. The boys are alone on the train. There's no one to help yeah, them. Yeah, there's
0: no one on the train. They're just and like they, and we're they gonna fix go. this up.
1: But here, all of that's taken away from them, and everything that every any success that they have now is because of Mace Hughes.
0: Yeah. Any any chance that we get to see Edward? outclassing these people mm-hmm. is now taken away from us so we don't get and, to see him maneuvering and planning and being smarter than the people around him and yeah. strategizing he's just he's a pawn
1: yeah In um, Maze he his plan but hughes doesn't really elaborate on the plan so it's not really clear necessarily what parts of what happens next are yeah. Mays hughes's plan and what yeah. parts are edward thinking but just don't have Maze say he has a plan at all just let edward be like i'm gonna go on top of the train alphonse you're gonna go on the bottom of the train and then nobody else has a plan and then our protagonist actually did something on his own. Wouldn't that be fun? In the engine room, uh, the blue squad, these, these hijackers, they have the people who shovel the coal into the train at gunpoint. So they're yes. going to get the train where it needs to go. Um, Edward kind of drops into the window and makes faces at them, which is a nice like little distraction because they're paying attention to that. And then on the other side of the car, uh, Hughes just kind of comes into the train and he stabs the two guys through the hands with some th- small throwing knives He has some cool music that plays, which I like. Uh, So it's a very fun uh, thing. Edward then gets on the roof and a member of Blue Squad comes out of another car and shoots at him. Because now they know that there's someone on top of the train. He dodges and he uses a transmutation circle that he draws on the side of the train to make a cannon and shoot back at this member of the Blue Squad. And this is the first time in the show, I think, that we've actually obeyed equivalent exchange. Because we can see an indent in the train where the material from the train car was used to make a cannon.
0: Yeah. Um, But the engineer sticks his head out of the window and tells him to stop that or the tender is going to blow. That's the tender car. And then Edward gets an idea. Um, but we don't see what a tender car is. Yeah. And I don't know that every single person watching this is going to know I what don't. a tender car is.
1: The, the, yeah, the only reason I understood what was going on is because I had read the manga chapter right. where they show a little diagram of what a tender car so is. So a tender
0: car is the car that goes right behind an engine of a steam train. And a steam train is obviously powered by steam, um, which means that they are not just burning coal, they are also creating steam with water. So a tender car has both coal and water in it. To actually power the train and get it to go yep. fast, yeah. So Trains go fast.
1: So Hughes has retaken the the tender car, and Edward is still moving up towards where General Holcrow's cabin is, and he has an idea now. Um, back to Holcrow's cabin, we see the leader of Blue Squad, Bald, and he's kind of panicking. He knows that things are going wrong. He knows that his men are getting dropped. Yeah. Um, and this, we see some like uh, alchemical energy, mm-hmm. uh, which is represented by like a blue electricity. And this little horn pops through, this little like speaker with Edward's face on it. Uh and it's Edward. He he's obviously transmuted this horn, and he tells Bald to let the hostages go. Bald asks him if he is one of Mustang's secret agents. Oh he which, wishes. Oh. Which is so dumb because normally in the manga, if you asked Edward, are you one of Mustang's agents? He'd he would be, like, be like, I will hit I will kick your ass twice as hard just for implying that the only person i hate more than you is mustang (laughs) Um, negotiations don't go particularly well bald has no intention of stopping his nefarious plan which is to uh, i think he says he's gonna kill everybody on board if anything funny happens right something like that yeah um so edward is like okay well if you're not gonna talk to me then we're done talking i guess uh this pipe appears underneath the horn and the Blue Squad people are like, "What the heck is that?" And then a bunch of water shoots out of it, and mm-hmm. it washes all the members of Blue Squad out of General Holcroft's car. Yes. Um, and they run into Alphonse, who is thrilled. Yes. Um, and he kind of punches his fist together, and he says, Irasai. which means welcome. He is just ecstatic. Um, and this scene is taken from a panel in the manga. That's he's just he's just big and scary, and he's just like hi.
0: And yeah he's, yeah, he's just ready to beat the crap out of these guys joy
1: very, very joy yes um so hughes goes into hall Crow's car to take on bald um mm-hmm. and we learned earlier kind of that bald has a gun for an arm one of his arms is an auto male arm and it's a gun um and we could have known this because earlier he shot hall Crow, and i won't get into the detail with it but the way that that scene is presented is very confusing it's not really even easy to tell that bald is the one who shot him mm-hmm. uh but he shoots Hughes in the shoulder, and it's very clear that Hughes is having trouble fighting Bald. So again, no reason to trust Mustang's men, because they can't take out as, as what, what to me, seems like a pretty run-of-the-mill hijacking, mm-hmm. as far as the hijackings go. Yeah. Um, Edward drops in from the ceiling. And somehow
0: and- it's very unclear, because he just kind of hits the ground, and then all of a sudden they're doing, like... They're holding hands. Yeah,
1: it's like last episode where like the action sequences are where they really get sparing with their frames. Like they yeah. don't show you how people get from point A to point B, which in a comic book that's fine. Yeah, but in a in an anime, really shouldn't be doing that. Just show me how. Show me the fights because those are the fun parts.
0: Yes, um, but they're 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 hand to hand kind of arm wrestling a bit. Yeah, and Bald says that he. He, um, he gives his backstory to Edward. He takes the time to give his life story. And he says that he had his... He elected to have his arm amputated so that he could get auto mail to make himself stronger. Yeah, and then the he was mil- in the military. Yeah, and then the military saw that and was like, no. And then they discharged him um, because they didn't want him getting any stronger. Which is funny because this is the military that did, you know, the Ishval thing. And the idea that a military wouldn't want their soldiers to get any stronger... Kind of crazy. Yeah, um,
1: especially when the military is the Amestrian military who is kind of power at any means Yeah, a, a lot of the time.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, um But he, he now wants revenge on the military. Because
1: he elected to have his arm cut off, replaced with a gun, and they fired him for it. I,
0: I think they more fired him because electing to get your arm cut off to replace it with a prosthetic is, is kind of... Well, like, Psycho. Yeah, don't don't do that. Prosthetics are amazing for people who require them. If you yeah. do not require them, don't don't go through that trauma, please. Um but he is, yeah, he wants revenge. And then he looks at Edward and says that Edward must have wanted that same power because, because he Edward got his, has an automail yeah, arm. Edward yeah, Edward has an automail arm, which makes me consider Winry's little puppy Den, who also has an automail <laughs> yeah. arm. So, like, what kind of power was right. Den seeking? Well, like,
1: because I, I, so I actually don't have the same issue that you have necessarily with electing to get an automail arm. I actually think that that might be certainly not common, but but understandable in this universe where the prosthetics have so much variability and function just a
0: just a, a body mod might be
1: yes yes and i think i i wonder if we go to rush valley in this version where automail is super popular and everybody's got automail i wonder if we'd see something like that uh-huh. uh, where people are choosing to get automail so that they can do things like hop like a grasshopper maybe um <laughs> i'm just i'm just spitballing uh but but yeah so dan is a good example but also when he walks around and he sees people with automail because like you does He's he is he just to, like walk into ah, a factory my and brother. See
0: some see some see some men working on the on the textile mill. does he yeah. with with arms with male arms? Is he just like, haha, so you too <laughs> wanted power?
1: Yeah. It, it's hard to understand. Um,
0: <laughs> but, but then Edward Ed, says, he yeah. picked a cheap model though. And then he squeezes his auto male hand until it shatters. So presumably Edward could have done this at any moment instead yeah. of making us listen to this terrible backstory.
1: Yeah. Well, and it's the same thing with last episode when the boys are tied up by Maj Hall and then... Alphonse is just like, and he breaks the bond. Like, it's they like, could
0: have done it at any point and just didn't yeah, the, until the it was ri- convenient for the writers. Yes.
1: yes, the writers will take any convenience to get out of situations. Rather than thinking through a whole episode at a time, they go beat by beat, and I don't think they go back and rewrite things. Yeah. Um. It's, ve- it's very, very lazy. Yes, um, but then
0: Al comes up after the automail has been squeezed, yep. and then he decks in. Yes, um,
1: which, in the manga, these two things... Edward breaking the automail and well, he Alphonse... Slices he, and he slices it. He slices the actual it, yeah.
0: mechanism of the automail that makes it function.
1: Yeah. Um. um and, and Alphonse punching him. Those things happen at the same time. And mm-hmm. the panel the is beautiful. If you like comic book art, I recommend Fullmetal Alchemist as a whole. Uh, but specifically this panel. And the thing that bothers me is that the image in the panel that she draws is more interesting and more dynamic than what they accomplish in the anime. And which is a
0: dynamic it, medium. Right. She
1: does it in a totally static image. And they can't even animate something more interesting. Disanimate poo-poo <laughs> is what I wrote. Um, where is Fallman?
0: Who knows? Falman Fallman, Fallman, is Fallman just was supposed off to have gone with Alphonse Why was he him. here in the first place?
1: Um,
0: because he has done nothing but get KO'd and follow Alphonse to a point at which he stopped.
1: It- yeah. Um, so so this, I guess, wraps up this hijacking. Um, and yeah. the train rolls through a pastoral countryside no to mountains. show the passage of time. No mountains.
0: We're still waiting on those mountains.
1: And we get to the station.
0: Mm-hmm. And we see at the station, at East uh, City Station, all of the members of this blue squad are all tied up. And then Mustang congratulates Bald on not killing anyone like he was. Or are they at are they Central Station? Yeah. Okay, they're in Central Oh, what? Mustang works in Central. Of this, yeah.
1: Uh, Ew, okay.
0: gross. <laughs> yeah. Ew, I hate
1: it. I was about to say, I feel like you have like a hundred <laughs> notes about that. have brought I'm um,
0: gonna talk about it next time. I don't have time. He's, yeah,
1: he's supposed to work in East City, and here he works in Central. Um, I, I don't. don't have time. Yeah. Uh, okay. So he's got the blue squad all tied up. Uh, Mustang congratulates Bald because he didn't kill anybody, and Bald reveals a hidden knife. That's part of his automail arm. It looks like a box cutter. You said it looks like a bayonet. A bayonet of some sort. Um, yeah. But it, it's, it's an arm mounted blade that he uses to cut the bonds and attack. Um, and
0: Hawkeye looks like a little bit frightened by this
1: which again antithetical to everything well, that well, she is. Yeah we have, we have the whole magazine comparison to go into because yeah, right. like this is just totally and then totally And Havoc
0: John Havoc which they have not introduced to us yet but we know who he not is. Not even got, with a text Not even with him. a text thing anything he's just in he's the guy with the cigarette he's got mm-hmm. blonde hair and a cigarette. Um, That's how you recognize him. And he's just standing there like whatever which is totally in character. And then Mustang sure. snaps his fingers because he's wearing his gloves and there is an explosion and bald is looking real bad yeah. he's been burnt to a little crisp um but the thing is mustang already snapped in his office so we already know how he does flame alchemy this kind of cheapens this reveal for me yeah
1: and and, and we have we'll, so many we'll talk we have so much, so much to say that. about cheapen reveals um, roy then introduces himself as the lieutenant colonel and the flame alchemist but again now we we already know that. Everyone We've knows. We've known that since like the third episode. Edward also knows. Uh, Edward also knows. So the only person who doesn't know is bald, but bald probably does should know, know
0: because he's been in contact with Roy Mustang. So yeah. like he literally talked to him on the telephone. I'm so. He's twisted. sent a messenger to. He knows who Roy Mustang is. Why is why is he introducing himself like this? This is so dumb. Um, um but then May shows up and he's dressed in his blues. He is in his in his military uniform. He's not bleeding from when he got
1: shot in the shoulder earlier. Um, uh, Mustang goes to the boys, and he's, he basically says, aren't you glad that I made you take this train? All right,
0: let's talk. We're going to talk about Mustang. I'm going to let Diane take All right, this. So- <laughs> Um, Mustang apparently got this message from Bolt, right? And Mm -hmm. he knew that a hijacking was going to happen, and he asked Fallman and Hughes to be on lockout, so he put them on there. But clearly, Fallman and Hughes would not have been successful without the presence of Edward and Alphonse. Now,
1: do you think that, that he put them there because he got news about this hijacking, or do you think that they were accompanying General Holcroft from the beginning?
0: I think he put them there because he got news...
1: Yeah, because yeah, Hull has his own bodyguards.
0: Yeah, Hull has his own people. Um, so, and Mustang's in contact with Hughes and Fallman. So, like, he's obviously heading up this operation. So, what that means to me is that if Mustang hadn't received this call from Edward, that he was on a particular platform at a particular time, a fact that he would not have known had Edward not called him. Mm-hmm. And if he had not received the train schedule at that exact moment, and if he had not told Edward to get on that train... Hellcrow would be dead right now. Or, or, yeah, or Mustang. Mustang would have made the prisoner exchange. In which case, Mustang loses. In either way, either case, Mustang loses. And Hawkeye and Mustang would be burning the fuck out of whatever messages or schedules they had on them. Yeah, because they be they'd be, they'd be 100% documents.
1: responsible. Grumman
0: would be walking in the room like, what are you? What happened with Hawkeye on that train? And they'd be like, what are you talking about? As they like shove boxes out a window. Um, he has left so much of this to chance, like way more than Roy Mustang is comfortable leaving the chance because this is a man who plots every single move that he makes and he risked losing. So what?
1: Yeah. What is so this? His... This is, this is a, a much stupider must, much more careless. This is a very,
0: this is a very careless Mustang. This is a very.
1: And, and Roy Mustang often gives the impression of, carelessness i find
0: yes but it's an impression he exactly very it's a carefully crafted image he wants you to believe that he's careless and kind of incompetent but he is exceptionally competent
1: so did the writers of this show did they fall for that or did they decide that it was more interesting for him to be careless or did they just not give a fuck
0: i think they think that doing it this way makes him look like a master planner, oh but on examination you could he's not be just <laughs> rolled some wrong. dice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what is what is his goal in this? Um either he wants like a promotion by clearing out a commissioned rank above him, <laughs> um, and hoping that Holcrow dies, which he actually implies in the manga. He's like, you know, if Hallcrow yeah, dies, and, like joke. this actually kind of wraps up. It is a joke. But also I don't know that, like joke. the stakes are at any given moment because the worst thing that could happen is the blue squad kills everyone on the train, which obviously isn't going to happen because they want to yeah. do this prisoner exchange. Roy Mustang risks losing so much face. And the only way I can justify this to myself is if Mustang orchestrated every single person thing that we have seen so far, which means that he has his men in place and he finds out that Edward is on the way. And so he plots a way to clear out a rank and get a promotion for himself. So he sets up the Modge Hall detour so that Edward and Alphonse would get on this exact train or he delayed Halcrow intentionally because he hadn't heard from them yet. And then once receiving the Intel about the boys and where they are, he gave the hijackers the all clear. So he orchestrated the hijacking himself thereby, making himself look super smart and he gets the boys into the exam and he only risks Halcrow's life a little bit right. so that he can recommend him which recommends him for the next available promotion because Halcrow isn't going to die from this but he does get a bunch of points for orchestrating this really like well thought out rescue of Hal Crow and also the hijacking um but nobody knows he orchestrated the hijacking but he did on the DL um and it gives him points but it wouldn't be as soon of a promotion as he would like but this is actually honestly more believable to me that Mustang orchestrated the hijacking and the shit with Maj Hall and all the train stuff than than whatever the fuck actually went down this is more logical because it is Mustang actually being smart and planning things out yeah
1: you're assuming that they're writing the same Mustang that's in the I'm Honda. assuming that um, they're
0: writing Roy Mustang
1: the, the big issue here, and it, and it's it it's a little bit back to outpowered versus outclassed, is that plans the,
0: are so much more interesting yes, and better this, than luck.
1: This here, this was luck. Because if the boys weren't, and, and you went through a whole list of like, if the boys weren't on that train, et cetera, et cetera, so many things went wrong with this hijacking that Edward and Alphonse had to be there in order to save General Alcrow's freaking life.
0: And Mustang's um, freaking ass.
1: Yeah, it, it couldn't have been planned. It, it's, it's total luck, which is so much less fun to watch than if Mustang knew from the beginning that he was going to win, which is what happens in the manga, which we'll get to in a second. Um, And you also mentioned that part of uh, this all going down the way it did means that the boys get into the exam.
0: Right, because Haukro gets off this train and is like, I'm going to give you special permission to take the state alchemist exam. Roy so- Mustang knew that Edward could not qualify for the exam he's because was too, too young. So he found a convenient way to recommend him. But how could he have had this foresight unless... He orchestrated the hijacking. Exactly.
1: It's very confusing. He
0: planned it. He was he and Balder in cahoots. Um.
1: Edward is mad, and he tells Mustang off, I'll take that take exam out, right? Yeah. Um. <laughs> and then Alphonse says cause because we, we wrap up the episode about here, um, and we get the boys by themselves, and Alphonse says, uh he has another very sage moment like he did in the last episode Where about he says, Alchemy. says, the military
0: yeah. had us dancing in the palm of their hand, but we're still powerless. But, that, so, the,
1: uh, the military did not, ha- the military was flying by the seat of their fucking the ass. The military
0: here. got lucky. The military so lucky. is
1: incompetent. Yeah. So if they have you guys dancing, then you're fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oops. Um, um, but we see Marin. Wave the, goodbye yeah, with laughter.
0: It's the same ending from last episode. <laughs> so- <laughs>
1: um, yeah. Um, so this is a hugely frustrating episode. Um, not frustrating in the same way that last episode was, because last episode, again, was all original, which was great. Mm. Nothing from the manga, which is which is awesome, and which I hope to see a lot, which we will see a lot more of, but yeah. which which is exciting, or could have been. This episode, <laughs> however, pulls from one of my favorite chapters of uh-huh. the manga— um, follows that story uh, well somewhat directly but let's just can we just walk through like yeah how the course. chapter plays Please out go. okay so you wake up and you go to the nearest cone beanie you go to the 7-eleven or the family Mart to pick up your most recent issue of monthly shonen gangan so you can read the next chapter of your new favorite manga full metal alchemist yes it's the fourth chapter um You get a cold open that shows General Hall on the train. He's introduced through dialogue instead of through a subtitle. Um, And he's been vacationing in the East with his family. Boom. Two men with Tommy guns enter the car. And this big man with a ponytail and a mustache comes in. Vacation is over. Yeah, and we, then we
0: get this hard cut to this dark-haired military man. Right, we, we, see, the, we march, see the
1: military headquarters, and we see like all kinds of people running around. And
0: we see this man with dark hair. He's marching down a hall. He's in uniform, and there's a woman filling him in. She's behind him. She's filling him in on this blue squad and mm-hmm. their manifesto that it, they've sent him.
1: It plays out like a movie, like the intro to a movie that's just immediate action it's so yeah, much it's fun yes so
0: fun um and the blue squad like hates the military and they want their leader released from prison bolt is not is their leader he's like some sort of lieutenant um, um
1: a man who we know later is fallman says that they're verifying whether or not hall Crow is actually on board the and train he's
0: he's with a young man who we later know is Kane fury who is on a radio he is he mm-hmm. is a communications expert
1: uh mustang says damn i don't want to like I, I this really sucks because i have a date tonight and now i'm going to be late for he's it He's
0: super lazy um, um and then we see a big man with a goatee and he's like well now you got a date with us and some crappy coffee
1: Mustang says, well, we could just sacrifice the general and then I could get moved into his rank.
0: And then the small man with glasses that we know as Cain Fury says, don't be ridiculous. And he hands him this passenger manifest.
1: Another officer, a young man with a cigarette, confirms that Hall is on board the train.
0: And Mustang says, damn, he shouldn't have even been in the East in the first place because there's a lot of civil unrest, particularly in the East region. Mustang is stationed not in
1: Central in this but in East City, yep. in the eastern region, which is also where Rizabul is. And he scans the passenger manifest, and he kind of just stops, and he's like, wait a second, guys. I'm not going to miss my date. We can probably go home early today. Everything's going to be fine, because the full metal alchemist is on board. And
0: I love this, because he's not wearing gloves. You can see <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's, that's so far from That's so far from the important point of this. Uh, the point is, this scene is fun this whole chapter is so much fun and, and moreover this... it
0: portrays mustang's confidence in himself right. so much of confidence his personality. competence
1: his his position as his the leader of this group his personality and we also get really quick little bits not enough to like fully get pictures of these characters but we get pictures of fallman breda havoc and hawkeye and fury mm-hmm. uh so most if not all of the stang gang get the whole
0: stang gang there
1: we're introduced to a little bit of like what they do in this unit, how this unit yeah. functions.
0: You don't know all their names, but you can kind of see how they fit into the office and right. what, what Hawkeye does. You can see that she is the administrator. She is his direct
1: assistant. Right. You see that Braid is the guy who handles a lot of the, uh, what, the intelligence. Intelligence, yeah. And
0: Fury handles a lot of communications. And Fallman is the guy you won on Trivia Night. And he's almost kind of Hawkeye's direct assistant as a warrant officer. And you see Havoc is just lazy and... Smokes a lot of cigarettes. Yeah. He's a chain smoker, and that's it. That's yeah. his
1: entire thing. But so Roy says, "Oh, we can go home early today." The Full Metal Alchemist is on board. It's so sick. It's such a sick way and to a scene. And then we get a
0: smash cut to Edward snoring on a bench.
1: <laughs> he's he's sprawled out on this bench. It's 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 hilarious. It's very funny. It's, and the word I keep coming back to in this chapter is joyful. Yeah, because there's so much pleasure in the way that the story is delivered, in the way that these characters interact. It, it it feels like watching a movie, which is the highest compliment that I could possibly give a, a, a comic million. book or a manga. Yeah, like but then we get these these
0: hijackers are going through the train as Edward Right, Because we know that there's
1: hijackers because we've already seen them, and, and they're just going through the train with all the cars. They they come up on Edward snoring. Uh, and, and
0: they're like, "Why are you? Why is this kid sleeping?" And they poke him, and they go, "Act like a hostage, you runt!" And then Edward wakes up, and there are three pages of Edward not
1: saying a word, just yeah. wordlessly beating the snot <laughs> out of these jabronis. Um, he he uses alchemy to break one of their guns, which I think is he like he turns it into like a little loop. It's the same thing Hagrid does in yeah, Harry, Harry Potter. Yeah, he turns it into but, a trumpet. Yeah, but. Why 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 wasn't that in the episode? It's so funny. Because that's so fun and it's such a good use of alchemy.
0: Yeah, it's very interesting, but also we get him doing the, the flying swan pose that you yeah. talked about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's done like in profile and he's got this super caricature like expression on his face. One of the it's things super
1: the, silly. The thing that she's in, that Hiroma Arakawa is an expert at is the level of detail she puts into each beat. Yeah. Like because there are some scenes where like a character will have his face fully illustrated and another character will have a very cartoonish expression on yeah and she does a lot of poses as cartoons and this is one of those times so it's it's a joke because he's he's just these three pages are hilarious because he's pissed off that someone called him short and he's just beating the crap out of everyone in For range
0: three pages without saying a word Right, and, and the way it's starts...
1: played in the manga is so much or in, the, in the anime excuse me the way it's played in the anime is so much more serious and so much less fun
0: Yeah, and then we get this moment of Edward walloping on one and we finally hear him say, call me a runt. And then Alphonse says, Edward, stop, you're going to kill him. And then Edward (laughs) does stop and then he looks up and he goes, who are these guys? So he's not even reacting to the fact that there's a hijacking. Someone called him short And he went on a rampage. Mm -hmm. And it's
1: amazing. So so in the anime, they're stopping this hijacking because they met this guy named Fallman. And he explains what's going on. And they're like, a hijacking? (laughs) They're going to kill General Halkrow? That's bad. But in the manga, they don't know any of that.
0: No, Everton Alphons are just like, they can't hijack this train. We're on this train. (laughs) Yeah, it's...
1: Oh, it's so so good. Um, <laughs> they don't care. Nobody gets mad at Edward for beating up these hijackers. They do, but all... it's
0: a very quick. It's it's more worry than yeah. like anger. They're just like, what if they come back? And ever now, Alphonse are like, we'll take care of it. We're good. Yeah.
1: So, so they're like, all right, uh, we're gonna we're gonna do this. I'm gonna get on top of the train. Alphonse's gonna go through the train. We're alchemists. We got this. And things happen largely the same way, but it's funnier. It's faster. There's more joy. Yes. Um. And so. Then- so, not not too much more is different from what happens on the train. Other Except than that, Mays, Hughes and, Hughes, and are Fallman there. are not there. The boys do this Edward all Nalfons. on their own. So the victory that here is Maze Hughes's because he did all the planning, yeah, presumably. In the it manga, it's Edward's victory
0: to Edward and Alphonse,
1: which is so much better because they are protagonists, and we're still yeah. we're still learning about them and yeah. for the first uh, for the first. for for a comic book to me it's six issues for a TV show it might be as many as ten episodes definitely the fifth episode we're still in that range where we should be learning about a protagonist and learning more about them and giving them the wins instead of like having people help them absolutely
0: absolutely um, but then at the station, we see Roy Mustang walk up and Edward and Roy Mustang bark at each other and, and they Mustang, don't like each other. No, they don't. They don't like each other. It's, it's largely because they're the same person. They yeah. have the exact same personality or they have the same like negative personality traits. And so they just grade on each other. Yeah. Um, um Edward Roy is like, oh, you still hate me. Yeah. Edward yeah. will very much grow into another Roy Mustang, um, with without the the philandering, um, but and
1: he has he, he has another thing that he says to them when they get to the station. He asks them like, "Oh, I guess you still don't have your bodies, right?"
0: Back. And the thing about this is that Roy Mustang gave them the tip about Leor that there is a philosopher's stone, and so he's he loves them. He doesn't like Edward, but he loves the boys, and he's and rooting for
1: them to get their he bodies. He is, back.
0: and so he's he sent them on this journey to Lior in the first place to go find this Philosopher's Stone. They come back. Alphonse and Hawkeye greet each other very
1: nicely. They love yeah. each other
0: very. She's their mom,
1: but um, I, I I like that they have. She's not their mom, but she's, she's not she's their mother. She's their mother figure, but she's now. their mom. <laughs> um, she, she, she's taken on a very maternal role with them, yes, uh, which very she's much very so. good at. Um,
0: yeah, but she but, takes care of people. It's them what she having does. an
1: already established relationship <laughs> and. Us now having questions about it, much more fun. Yeah. Um, Bald breaks free as he does in the anime. Uh, this in this time around he it, he it happens. I think people. it happens off panel, but he he stabbed some people to get to yeah, yeah, Roy yeah. Mustang.
0: And then Hawkeye's Hawkeye instead like, of looking scared, back. yeah, she just goes, "I got this. We're good." She pulls out a gun, and then Mustang's like, "No!" And then he snaps his fingers, boom, and he looks at this guy Bald, and he's like, "Resist again, and you die." But here's the thing: we have never seen somebody snap their fingers and right. cause fire before. This is totally new to us. Last episode, we saw Maj Hall do flame alchemy, but in the manga, this is the first time you see it. And then this man introduces himself. Yeah, in, and a, so two badass. thirds of the page, and he goes, "I'm Roy Mustang. I'm a colonel. Oh, and also, I'm the flame alchemist. And don't
1: forget that." And, and then, end of chapter. It they cut it off there because that's
0: what
1: i'm so mad that is such a badass ending to a chapter because we've never seen roy mustang before this point we got the intro to this chapter we got roy mustang we know that he's a a relatively high level military man he's a colonel. he has a squad who he commands we learn a little bit about the squad uh most importantly to me we see hawkeye when someone attacks roy hawkeye's like stand back i have this and she takes out a gun so we see what which she is does. way cooler than her being the guy who hands him papers and gets scared um, her,
0: her she's a sniper
1: he uses excellent he guy. uses this form of alchemy that we've never seen that's insanely powerful and he shuts down this insurgent effortlessly and then yes. he's just like I'm Roy Mustang don't fuck with me end of chapter.
0: Yeah, it's brilliant. Oh, it's so... And it just leaves you wanting to come back and learn more about this man.
1: Yes, because you're going to read that and you're going to stop and you're going to be like, okay, so one month from today when the next chapter comes out, I'll be first in line at the family mart to pick it up. (laughs) Uh, Because she's just a good writer. And if the people who made the show just played everything the way that she plays it, they would have had much more success with this audience, at the very least. Yeah, uh,
0: <laughs> with us too.
1: Uh, so we're already overtime. So so let's do our final thoughts for this episode um, yeah. and give everyone their day back.
0: Yeah. All um, right. <laughs> so final thoughts. Um, the theme in this is is thematic material, and this is confusing. So yeah, it's it's.
1: For <sighs> me, it's like I thought this episode's weird because I thought that Edward and Alphonse, the kind of the the formula or the game that we established last episode is that they go into different towns they see where alchemy is causing problems and they use violence to fix those problems yeah but now they're also fighting uh insurgents or terrorists yeah and the reason that i'm confused is because the two other arcs that we've had the arc in leor and the arc with maj hall they were fighting alchemists mm-hmm. whereas in the manga they go to leor and they fight father Cornello, who's an yeah. alchemist yeah and then they go to Usewell.
0: Yeah, use well, and they fight Yoki, who is, who is not an alchemist. Not an alchemist at all.
1: He's just a corrupt
0: military official. Yeah, um, and, and then so, they do
1: the train, and they fight the insurgents. So we know so that
0: we he- see that there's corruption in in religious leaders. We see that there is corruption in military leaders. We see that there are insurgents who are destabilizing the country. Later on, we're going to meet another alchemist who is not a religious figure who was evil and so it's yeah they they they, what the central theme of this is that Arakawa presents to us is anybody at any time in any place through any means is capable of unspeakable evil yeah
1: and 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 having the first few chapters present different forms of that rather than the first few chapters presenting the same form of it alchemy being used for evil and then switching it's, it's a lot better for me. It, um,
0: it feels a lot more rounded. Right. I, I feel... Like
1: I get this. the impression from this show always that they're kind of obsessed with alchemy as the big hook for it. And I think they're spending a lot of time exploring uh, what alchemy can do to people. That's why they did a lot of human transmutation stuff in Lior and with Hall to an extent. Um, at least with like soul bonding, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. They're, they're interested in seeing like the dark ways that alchemy can be used. So when I tune into an episode at this stage, I'm expecting to see more of that. And right. now they've kind of pulled that out from under me. And I don't know what to expect anymore.
0: Right. Whereas when Arakawa does it, you see darkness in alchemy. You see darkness in the military. You see darkness amongst
1: normal yeah. people. You see people doing bad things. And alchemy By is... By whatever
0: means they have
1: available to them. And alchemy is just part of the universe. It, yeah. This is just a story set in a universe with that alchemy. That has alchemy. Not, not necessarily a, a story about alchemy. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um, um,
1: what are your takeaways from this episode... <laughs>
0: I don't know what my takeaways are supposed to be.
1: <laughs> yeah, because so, we really are trying to look at the um, show as a show by itself. It's impossible yeah. not to compare it to the manga. But thinking of it as like, what happens now?
0: Um, I'm coming away thinking that the military sucks ass. <laughs> um, we see Roy Mustang have way less power than he ought to. And we can see that he has less power than we thought. Um, he's yeah. less competent than we thought he would be. Um, the thing is, in in the manga, he is less powerful than he is supposed to be, and and his entire intro is completely botched here. Totally, um, he's totally. not as power in the manga. He's not as powerful as he wants to be as well. But he's competent. He's extremely competent. He is extremely intelligent and yeah. capable of holding a higher rank. And- it's not his failings that keep him from being powerful or the structure that keeps him from being powerful it's the fact that he's a maverick and he the brass doesn't trust him to go along with what they want to do because he often operates kind of outside the law and outside of their purview so yeah. he they're they're kind of he's kind of threatening the system a little bit and that's why he doesn't get promoted mm-hmm. because they they don't trust him to to get in line um and not because he just doesn't get promoted.
1: And I think that, I think this, the way that they've introduced him has done him a huge, huge disservice. Because we've already seen him a few times doing stuff that, like, I is not that interesting. Yeah. Um, versus in the manga, as we just went through it, that's the first time we see him is we're dropped in the middle of Central, in the middle of a crisis. It's and East we City. see him respond to it. East City. You're right, you're right. We're dropped in the middle of East City, in the middle of a crisis, and we see him responding to it. And we see him being competent.
0: Yeah, and not it's it's not something that he knew about and just kind of apparently dropped the ball on. Right, he's getting news of this for the first time,
1: and is and he trusts his assets in this case, Edward specifically. Oh yeah, he trusts his assets and he's right. Not even like okay, let's Full Metal's on board, so we might be good. Let's have a backup plan. He's just like oh, Full Metal's on board. I don't even care anymore.
0: Yeah, it's it, he's he's also right, because in, in the anime, he's not right when he trusts Mustang, it's, or when he trusts Hughes and Fallman to t- carry things off, and then yeah. maybe the boys will show up eventually right. at some point, unless right. he planned everything. Yeah. But in the manga, he is always right when he it's, trusts his own ass. Exactly. It's
1: power versus class again.
0: Yeah. You know, he's um, constantly outclassing. Yeah. Uh, again, though, in the anime, we all understand he plotted this hijacking. He and Bald are in cahoots. That is that is not accurate it's accurate it's the only thing that makes sense this is
1: diane's fan fiction <laughs> um, this is the plot of the Amestrian in canada no, <laughs> although if you do go that route and you start to be like roy called his friends from the eastern liberation front i'll be like wait a second <laughs> i thought that he was stopping the terrorists um, also and you brought this up at the beginning We've been in Flashback for three episodes, and we've been yeah. in the present for two episodes.
0: Yeah. Don't
1: do that. And, and we, have, we have at least, we have they have to take the state alchemy exam, but that still doesn't catch us up to Leor. Mm-hmm. So we have probably at least two, maybe three, maybe more episodes in Flashback. Why did they yeah. show us Leor to begin with if it was going to take us so long to get back to the present?
0: Right. Oh, yeah. No, I 100% agree. It's too much way too early.
1: Yeah. Um and kind of I think I said this at the end of the third episode. I don't have any questions anymore. Yeah. They're trying to like button everything up, but that like we talked about with reading the manga, the way that she ends the chapter with Roy Mustang being a badass bitch makes me want to pick up the next chapter and read mm-hmm. it. It is an effective cliffhanger. Yes. And this show does not have cliffhangers. So Ernest Hemingway once said about writing, to, to keep
0: yourself from writer's block, stop writing right before you're excited about what comes next. And that that is, that is true for battling writer's block but it's also true for actually writing a chapter cut it right before you're about to see something exciting start your beat and don't resolve it because that'll get people going oh my god
1: what comes next yeah um and 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 with this chapter you read it and you're like who is roy mustang what does it mean that he has this flame alchemy power i want to learn more about him that's going to make me come back
0: yes Error in the anime, they introduced Flame Alchemy one episode earlier. Yep. Um, so it's not unique to Roy Mustang. We've already yep. seen it. And then they've also kept going with this. They've just, they just kept the episode rolling long after
1: the most interesting, the thing. most interesting yeah.
0: thing happened. So it's, it's very, I don't know. I'm just
1: thinking about cliffhangers. Like what is the best cliffhanger you have ever seen? Uh, season three Breaking Bad. I think it's season three. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's whatever. It's whatever season of Breaking Bad ends with Jesse going to Gale. Sorry for anybody who hasn't seen it. Uh, ends with Jesse going to Gale's house and firing a gun, and the gun goes off, and they cut to black. And then there's a whole gap between <laughs> that and the next season. Yeah. Um, and I was lucky that I didn't have to sit through that for however many months it was. But like,
0: mm.
1: for the people who were watching it as it came out, I remember talking to some of my friends who were just like, "Yeah, that was agony," because I woke up every day like, "What?" does that mean? What are the consequences of that? That is yeah. going to have huge ramifications right.
0: for every character. Or for me, it's um, in reading Aaron Morgenstern's The Night Circus, there's a character, Chandras christophe Lefebvre, who arrives at the circus and he is intending to kill another character, Mr. Mm-hmm. A.H., and he stabs somebody else yes. on accident. And that is not supposed to happen in this circus. There are, there are rules of this universe that basically tell you people don't die at this circus and yet... This man dies and you're sitting there well, like, and, and that is not supposed to happen. And you know that this happened as a result of something bad happening that you don't know yet, but also something must, much worse must be coming. And there's yes. so much fallout from this man getting stabbed that it's, it's just... A, but you, you end it with that. That's where the chapter ends, is with this man getting stabbed. And you're just like, oh my god. And you right. have it, to
1: keep reading It book. leaves you with questions and it leaves you at a point where you you have to know more.
0: It's a gut punch. And there are drastic consequences for all major characters and for all plot lines. I and mean, you have to know more. You can't fathom. You can't guess what's going to come next.
1: I would love it if this show attempted a cliffhanger, a cliffhanger <laughs> at any point. I guess that it,
0: wasn't pre-written for them.
1: Yes, I was gonna say, I was just about to say. I guess there's one in episode one, but you're right. It was pre-written for them. <laughs> it was because um, that's how she does chapter one. But slapped like, slapped in. Given that there's no cliffhanger here, there's not really any. Qu- the only questions are: uh, Why do birds go pop? From episode two. <laughs>
0: Let me pull them up. Yes, okay. Please. Why do birds go pop? Um, how do we make dead birds live with red eyes? Yes. What do we mean by Lior is a decoy and philosopher stone watchers will gather there, and then yep. what happens? Why are there mountains? Um, What is equivalent exchange, you guys? What is equivalent exchange? Because so far we have not kept to the rules of equivalent exchange. Um, What is that puppet rat balloon noise that we heard in Mod Hall's basement?
1: (laughs) That can't possibly be on the list. It's on the list. Um, I promise you they're not going to answer it.
0: How have your perceptions about equivalent exchange changed exactly? And will the boys get their bodies back? Those are my running questions that are burning in my mind. Now,
1: are... Are any of those questions going to keep you up at night? Or, more importantly, are any of those questions going to lead you to tune into the next episode?
0: The rat balloon thing might.
1: Uh, <laughs> uh, for me, it's why did birds go pop. Um, <laughs> but, but what are you excited about going forward? I'm not.
0: All right, guys, that's how you end an episode. <laughs>